passion and pageantry of college football lives here. This is the Paul Feinbaum Show, our one podcast. This might be college football heaven. We have a lot to do on, well, not exactly a short time, but we got only a couple hours and let's get right to it with some headlines before our guests start popping on board. Alabama players not running from change. They're eager for the DeBoer era. That's what everyone seems to be saying. May not exactly be how it appears, and we will get into that in just a moment. And Chris Lowe uh, wrote that story, and Chris, uh, who broke the Saban story, and we'll get back to the Saban issue in a minute. But Chris, thanks so much. Your, your story uh, last night seeming, seemingly calmed a few people down in Tuscaloosa, although that is not an easy task. Good afternoon. No, it's not, Paul. It's always good to be with you. I mean, when a, when a coaching giant like Nick Saban retires, there's always going to be some type of fallout. There's going to be transition, some good, some bad. And I don't think anybody at Alabama, though, is completely shocked that you've got some players who were going to jump into the portal. I just think that's where we are now in college football. I think if Kirby Smart were to resign tomorrow and go coach the Atlanta Falcons, you'd have a similar type deal in, in Athens. I just think that's where we are. And um, I don't know if there's any good time for the program for certainly a coach of Nick Saban's caliber to uh, step down. In talking to people inside that program, players, uh, Chris, uh, give us your view of of where things are today. Well, I think just still wait and see, to be honest with you. Uh, it's When you have a player like a Caleb Downs, another young promising player like a Caden Proctor get in the portal, that's, that's never ideal. But in some of the guys that I reached out to yesterday, guys that are staples on that team, like the Tyler Booker, uh, Malachi Moore, who's you know a fifth-year guy, uh, Deontay Lawson, who I think will be one of the better linebackers in college football. There, there's a big chunk of that team that are embracing this. They said, "Listen, we a lot of us came here to play for Nick Saban. That's no secret. But just because he's no longer here, they're not running away. As you just said, not going to run away from chains. That DeBoer is a guy that I think everybody in that program looks at his past and say, hey, the guy's won. He's been a winner. He was one win away from." Uh, the national championship this year. Uh, he's not, quote-unquote, an SEC guy. He hasn't coached or recruited in the SEC, but you know, everybody in that program that I've talked to uh, wants to give him a chance and is, is buying in and likes what they've heard to this point. But come on, you know and I know that it's all going to boil down to one thing. How quickly or can he sustain some semblance of the kind of success that Nick Saban has? That's a, that's a daunting task. And the first time he loses to somebody, the first time they lose, and they're going to lose when Georgia comes to town in September, uh, you know what we're going to hear. The players know that. Caleb DeBoer knows that. But I don't think that's changed the way they look at that, the kids, uh, the coaches he's retained, the coaches he's brought in uh, to what the challenge is, and that's to continue playing uh, for and winning championships. Talking to Chris Lowe about, about the situation in Tuscaloosa. Chris, uh, you're looking at it objectively. You're talking to players inside that program to uh, try to characterize the mood. Uh, yesterday on this show, not always the most objective place to sample public opinion, there was absolute fear and, and loathing. Uh, fans were, were besides themselves. They were, they were in, a, in, in an absolute panic mode. Uh, 
how do how do we all how do we square all this? Because you, you hear one thing from a Tyler Booker, you hear something else from a Greg Byrne, who, who we, of course we had on yesterday, and then you you get the reaction from the fans. And I realize fans can be reactionary, but they're seeing things on social media where it looks like the, the guts of that team are gone. I realize that's not necessarily the case, but perception can matter, can it not? Hey, listen, Alabama football for 17 years has been football nirvana for everybody around that program, fans, uh, anybody that, that remotely touches uh, the football program. So, yeah, there's going to be – I get it. If I'm an Alabama fan, I look at what's happened in the last couple of days, then I'm worried. I'm concerned. But I also know that not everybody is leaving. And when a player, a top player – I mean, listen – Downs is probably was one of the best returning defensive players in college football. And there's no sugarcoating that. And when he, he ups and says, I'm leaving, and, and Georgia's in play and Ohio State's in play, any fan, any fan base is going to look at that and say, golly, I, I can't believe this is happening. So I understand that. And I think if you step back a 1,000 feet away and look at it, uh, you see maybe a little bit more somewhere in between the skies falling and – hey, nothing's going to change. Alabama's going to continue to win 11, 12 games every year. They're going to be in the playoff every year. The reality is it's probably somewhere in between, and I don't think any of us know, and it's probably unfair to assess exactly where that program is right now. Uh, the guy's still trying to assemble his staff. He's still trying to talk to players. They're bringing guys in. Two of his better players at Washington are coming in to visit Alabama. So there's a lot of work to be done. It's not going to be easy. Uh, Kalen DeBoer, again, was, was one of those guys who was not afraid of the challenge. I mean, who wants to go in? We, we talked about this for the last several years, the two of us. Who in their right mind wants to go in behind Nick Saban? I mean, not, not a lot of people are signing up for that. Now, he leaves the program in a good position. It's not like they've been taken on water. Uh, they were in the playoff this year. They won the SEC title. A lot of guys are going pro. Several of their better younger players, I didn't even mention Isaiah Bond, are going elsewhere. So, I don't think anybody who was sort of halfway reasonable expected this to be just a smooth, smooth transition and nobody leave. Um, I think we've got to wait. Let's wait and see how he fills some of those gaps with transfers that they're talking to. Let's see what happens in spring practice. Let's see if he can, can, can quickly establish his culture. And then we get back to um, what I said earlier. How, how do they play on the field? How do they, how do they fare in games that count? And can they continue uh, to be right there at the forefront of college football? I think it helps a little bit, Paul, that we're going to a 12-team playoff. You don't have to win the SEC now. You don't have to be one of the top two teams in the SEC. I think most years you're probably going to have four teams get in. So there's a little bit more margin for error for Kalen DeBoer as he takes over this program. But uh, it's, it's going to be a lot of heavy lifting. Talking to Chris Lowe, it was a week and a day ago that Chris Lowe broke the story that Nick Saban was going to retire. Chris was also the first person to interview uh, Coach Saban. Chris, I, I know it's always weird talking about yourself, uh, and I know certain things uh, you have to keep under wraps because of relationships, but what can you tell us about you, you first becoming aware that the story could be happening and maybe take us through your, your own timeline? We asked this to Greg Byrne yesterday. We ask you as well. Well, I would say first that, that Greg was not caught flat-footed on this. I know some people may have suggested that. He, 
he knew uh, and had a pretty good inkling. I had a pretty good inkling out in Los Angeles that it, that it might be, this might be the time for Nick. Uh, I knew what he was going to do over the time away as he and Terry went to their place in Florida, that he was going to go through a very similar process as he's gone through the last couple of years. And they're going to talk about, you know, their lives and his career, where he was health wise. He, he, listen, he's still in good health, but being in good health and being 72 and doing all you've got to do now to be a head football coach are two different things. And this season did take its toll on him. I mean, you could see it. He told me the wear and tear was unlike anything he had gone through the last couple of years. And he very much wanted to turn this thing over to somebody else when the program was in good shape. And I think he felt like this was the time uh, they had improved dramatically from where they were in week two uh, to getting to the playoff and being an overtime loss away from playing for the national championship. He, he is not uh, a big fan of, of this version of college football. We all know that. That's not the reason he stepped away. Uh, and I think the other thing was he wanted to, when he quit, have enough quality of life left that they could do some things, that he and his family and he and his wife, Terry, could do some things that they still wanted to do. That was important to him. It was important to him. It was important to his family, and he's still – certainly able to do that. And I think as he sort of weighed all those things together, everybody wants to know when things like this happen, what was the factor, you know, in my conversations with him, there was not a factor. There was a culmination of things that sort of all came together. I always felt like he would probably go somewhere into his early seventies, to mid seventies coaching football. And he would have been 73 next season. So uh, this is, this is where we are now. And he, he told me that it was a hard, hard decision for him. And I think when he got back Monday on campus, he pretty much knew this is what he was going to do. Some of his tightest, the people in his tight, tight circle knew it too. But I think even even so, Paul, and you know him, he was not going to quit doing things the way he's always done them. He was still going to talk to his players. He was going to still interview coaching candidates. He was going to work right up to the very end. And I think as he got ready to go in and tell his kids he was stepping down, even for him – there were some nerves, there were some butterflies, and you're, I think any of us probably can relate. When we make big decisions in our life, you're sitting there and it's almost surreal. Am I really going to do this? Is this what I'm going to do after so long of doing something at such a high level? And I think that's probably some of the emotions he was wrestling with that last day or so. Chris, uh, I'm just giving you an observation here. Many years ago, uh, you were steadfast that Nick Saban would coach into his mid-70s or maybe beyond. But I began to detect something from you in the last year, maybe a little bit longer, that, that you were sensing the change. Uh, was there anything that you saw? Uh, and, and at what point did you see it? Because, uh, and I'm not, and, and these are not, I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm a student of all things connected to Saban, including you. And, and I just felt like you were not, you were no longer punching your hand on the table saying he's going to be there a long time in the, in the encounters that we have had. Yeah, you're right, Paul. I think it's, I had noticed the last couple of years that the toll coaching takes on everybody was really, that piano was really starting to get on his back and not because he couldn't do it. I mean, clearly he might've done his best coaching job this year, but if he's going to do it, he's going to do it all the way. He's going to do it exactly the way he's always done it, the way he feels like it needs to be done. He's going to be involved in all aspects. He's going to follow the country and recruit. 
He's going to coach his coaches. He's going to coach his players. He's going to be in the middle of practice. I mean, I'm out there in June, and he's going through his kids' camp. And he's out there coaching those kids like he did Jalen Milrow, Dante Hightower, every kid he's ever had. I mean, he's going to do it a 1,000%. And I think it was starting to really – he understood it was going to be harder and harder for him to coach at that level and do it the way he had always done it and the way he wanted to do it. And I think that was something over the last couple of years uh, that really started to resonate with him. I think that's the biggest thing. Chris, since uh, we have seen him last, which was Saturday, uh, supporting DeBoer, uh, can you tell us what he's been up to? Well, I can tell you what he was told to do by some of his closest confidants, and that was to get away, turn his phone off, and keep it off. And I think he's tried to do that the best he possibly could. I know he and I don't know what kind of snow they got down in that area, but I know he and Terry were going to go away for a while, probably to their place in, in Florida, and just get away. I think he's played golf a couple times down there the last few times. I was kidding about that. I said, well, you know, you ought to be able to get your handicap down to, you know, three, four, five now. And he sort of smiled and said, I won't get it there, but I'm sure as heck going to play a lot more golf than I have in the past. So I think more than anything, just to get away. And, and he admitted there will be a debriefing process for him because this is all new. And, and, and it's not going to be easy. He knows it's not going to be easy. Uh, he wants to be involved. Uh, they're going to continue to make their home in Tuscaloosa. He wants to be involved with university. He wants to be a resource, but he does not want to be, nor will he be, someone who's poking his head in meetings, looking over DeBoer's shoulder. That's not going to be an odd. Someone said the other day, well, man, this is going to be odd for DeBoer having Nick Saban right down the hall. No. His office is in Bryant-Denny Stadium, uh, which is about a half mile away from the football complex. He'll be there when they need him. Uh, I think he'll be there for the university without question. I mean, why would you not? if you're involved in any capacity with the University of Alabama, not use Nick Saban as a resource and not lean on him when you needed to. Uh, so he wants to have a presence, but he also does not want to have one of those omnipotent presence where he's constantly around. That's not who he is. That's not the way he's wired, and that's not what his role is going to be. Chris Lowe, great stuff, as always. Chris Lowe joining us uh, about the situation today and what led up to last Wednesday afternoon. We take a break uh, in a moment. A lot happening here this afternoon. Many more guests. Ralph Russo on uh, the ugly situation between Florida State and the ACC. And Ari Wasserman on what happened yesterday in the portal for Alabama and what could still happen. Big show on tap. And we're back with your phone calls right after this. You're listening to the Paul Feinbaum Show podcast. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. Is your schedule too packed to see a doctor about your erectile dysfunction? Well, with Hims, now you can get treated for ED without stepping foot outside your door. 
They're changing men's health care by providing access to affordable sexual health treatments from the comfort of your couch. Hims provides access to doctor-trusted ED treatment options such as chewable hard mints, brand name treatments like Viagra, or generic alternatives for up to 95% cheaper. The process is simple and entirely online. Just answer a series of questions and a medical provider will determine the right treatment option. If prescribed, your medication ships to you free. No insurance needed. So what are you waiting for? Join the hundreds of thousands of trusted HIMSS subscribers and get treated. Start your free online visit today at HIMSS.com slash Paul. That's H-I-M-S dot com slash Paul for your personalized ED treatment options. HIMSS.com slash Paul. Hard mints are chewable compounded products which are not approved by or verified for safety or effectiveness by the FDA. Prescriptions require an online consultation with a healthcare provider who will determine if appropriate. Restrictions apply. See website for details and important safety information. Subscription required. Price varies on product and subscription plan. We are back, and uh, let's get to some phone calls after our conversation with Chris Lowe. And we begin in, in Austin. Sandra is first up. Good afternoon. Hi, Paul. Thanks for taking my call. Thank you. Um, <laughs> I just I wanted to say I just thought it was really odd that I never thought that I would be involved in a feud on your show. So we're glad um, you are. That's kind of <laughs> it's kind of very interesting about that. But I'm not going to continue this one. I think we've pretty well exhausted it. I have a feeling though, Dustin and I may lock horns at a later time. Uh, I did have a couple of thank yous, though. I wanted to thank Bash for having my back. And I hope no one will keep the rest, think that I'm being sarcastic on the rest of this, but I am. Uh, I just want to thank uh, Dustin for the example that he set about how important it is to listen carefully and get the correct information and the facts. He did such a good job of not doing that so Yay, thanks. That really drove home, especially with the uh, saying that all my family is Carolina graduates when I said my husband and I were Carolina graduates and three of my children are Aggie graduates. And I don't think he really understands the um, definition of TSIP. I think he's just using it because he heard it somewhere, you know, like a little kid that uses a new word. So anyway, that's not the definition when you're when you're an Aggie mom, that's not the definition of T-SIP. Also, I love how he set the example of finishing with a classic joke, the one about, uh, you know, when we go out to eat, who reads the menus. That was really funny when George Washington made it up as a boy. So, yeah. wait a minute. Yeah, uh, listen, I, uh, I had a call today from uh, Jimmy Kimmel. He wanted to know if Dustin could pinch hit for him uh, next summer when he takes a vacation. Absolutely. The guy's a riot. Also, I wanted to say how impressed I am with his humility. He didn't flaunt to us if and when he graduated from college or anywhere for that matter. He never had any link to that. So good job showing and, and, and exemplifying humility. And just I think one of the last points I want to make here is what he is such a class act and to show that you need to stop before grasping at straws and have to resort to picking on a little 10-pound cardiac service dog. That's a great example of how not to look desperate. And I'm just kind of done with this line of banter. And I've given him enough rope to hang himself, and I'll just continue to watch him and see how long he dangles. Thank you very, very much. Uh, Bash is up next. Uh, hello, Bash. 
Bash Brother Paul, how's it going? Great, thank you. It's great to hear. Thank you, Sandra, for that uh, shout-out. I appreciate that. Let me give a shout-out to the the best caller from yesterday, which was Chuck in Mississippi. Thoughts and prayers to you, sir, with your prostate cancer diagnosis. And thank you so much for your call. I guarantee you, like Paul said, you helped a life out there. And also I want to send thoughts and prayers to <clears throat> Daryl in, Bat- in Baton Rouge with his surgery coming up. You got this, Daryl. Now, Paul, I want to respond to Dustin yesterday for Call Me Out and give a little critique to a couple of my Bama Bash brothers, Legend and Dominic. But first, let me address Dustin. So yesterday, he referred to me as Splash. Hmm. Paul, you know what's funny? Who else refers to me as Splash? Who's that, Bash? Dustin's, Dustin's wife, because that's how I make her panties feel. Now, the other thing that he's... I mean, I, 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 I have to jump in here for a second. All these intramural skirmishes that don't mean anything, why don't we just, why don't you go on Facebook or MySpace or America Online or some 90s uh, social media outlet and, and, and deal with them there because we really are, we would prefer to deal with other things here. John is up next in Louisville. My oh my, the spitballs are flying today. Man, huh? I feel. What time is re, what time is uh, recess? Because I'm still stuck in homeroom. <laughs> Not soon enough. And by the way, great interviews with uh, Greg Byrne and um, Chris Lowe. It gave us some great insights. Thank you. Hey, Paul, I wanted to uh, discuss uh, the season CFP opportunities. I have no feuds, by the way, for the ACC and Big Twelve. But uh, can I have 45 seconds to do some uh, housekeeping for yeah, yesterday? Yeah, go, go right ahead. Yeah. In particular, I wanted to lend some support to Jim from Tuscaloosa. You may recall yesterday, Jim was uh, complaining to you about you taking issue with him from time to time and um, quite often coming back at him. And during Jim's call yesterday, he uh, opined and agreed with me on my uh, comparison of teams with the uh, who play in the CFP. And you push back on him saying, and this hurts, Paul, John was completely wrong and further stating John was wrong because his facts were wrong and he closed by saying, we do care about the facts, we want to be accurate, and we want to keep uh, the facts in the middle of the highway. So in that spirit, um, let me repeat what I said in verbatim as much as possible. So as you recall yesterday, we're all doom and gloom on Alabama, and I start my call with saying, I'm buying stock in Alabama, and just remember the CFP, if you use the talent star composite rating, number 25 Washington beat number six Texas, Number 15, Michigan beat number one, Alabama. And I went on to say, I think it's all about the coaches, and I think Alabama is going to do very, very well. So I'm very positive on Alabama. So just to be clear, I I didn't um, reference any AP or coaches poll or CFP poll or preseason or postseason. Rather, I referenced that, and I know you're aware of it, the 2023 college football team talent composite has put together rating teams' talent uh, based on their high school star rating. And uh, my point being, I think Callan DeBoer took the t- did a wonderful job taking the 25th most talented team to CFP finals. Jim Harbaugh obviously won the national championship with the 15th most talented team. That's two coaches that, um, with their staffs and team, that more than overachieved. And I think Callan DeBoer would do the same for Alabama. So Alabama's lost some good players, but it's brought in some good players. But Callan DeBoer has proven he's one of the best coaches. 
question. I've cleaned up the spill in aisle two and taken the shoe print off uh, Jim's last call. Let me ask you about the uh, C, the um, upcoming CFP, particularly uh, ACC champ uh, Clemson. I think they're uh, possible. But as for the Big 12, I'm completely lost because they lost Arizona. Uh, they lost their coach. They lost their best players. Obviously, two of the teams are moving or transitioning to the SEC. So as I look at the CFP coming up, Paul, and this is where I need your insight, I see at least three teams from both the SEC and Big Ten, plus Notre Dame, plus, I guess, Clemson. Fill out the rest of the uh, way-too-early CFP dance card for me. Well, you got you got to – thanks for the call. You have to remember uh, you got a group of five in there, and then you know, so that's six, seven – uh, you might you might look at Florida State uh, as a possibility. I mean, they 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 had they were the almost national champion this year. I think we need to go to a break. We'll answer the rest of that question in a moment. More of your phone calls right after this. You're listening to the Paul Feinbaum Show podcast. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships, your skills, your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? <laughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Welcome back, and Pat is up next in Georgia. Good afternoon, Pat. Hey, Paul. Thanks. It's good to talk again. I, I listened to your interview with Greg Byrne yesterday and then today with Chris Lowe, and they were both tremendous. And I'm, I've been thinking about, you know, what's going on at Alabama. And uh, Coach DeBoer, he's not from the SEC, and Greg Byrne addressed that yesterday very, very capably, although I can't help but think about Auburn's situation a couple of years ago. And if you signed up to play for Alabama and you wanted to play for for Coach Saban, uh, he's not there anymore. So, so I understand why you would look around and uh, consider going someplace else. Uh, that's part of the fallout of being the guy that follows the guy. Right. Uh, and then I've heard, I don't know if this is factual or not, that that the collective, yay, Alabama, uh, might not quite be as, as funded as well as some others, uh, uh, Texas and, and, and then A&M come to mind, uh, and and that could be overlooked a little bit uh, b- because you're being coached by Nick Saban if he's still there. So 
so you know part of the fallout is is just the fact that 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 a lot of people's expectations they're just not if he retires then then those expectations have totally changed and 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 in my mind their best alternative would be maybe Nick Jr. at Georgia or maybe Brian Kelly at LSU. Uh, do you have some thoughts? Yeah, and, and listen, uh, I, think, I think it's pretty, pretty obvious that Greg Byrne uh, in his first television appearance uh, since the uh, announcement of DeBoer was wearing a Yay Alabama shirt very prominently and talked about how successful they have been, uh, which without, without the biggest star, uh, it's always a challenge, and you know that. Pat, you're, you've been around a long time, and that's really what Alabama is facing. I, I, I have covered Alabama long enough to know that Alabama is a resilient place, and its fan base is, is phenomenal, but the key actor is gone, and that is, uh, there, there will be an adjustment, whether it's it, how far it slips, I, I have no idea. I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm out of the prediction business considering I have no idea who's playing for Alabama next year. Maybe our next caller does. Squirrel returns to the show. I have no idea who's playing for Alabama, but uh, I think they got a good coach, and uh, I'm glad that Lanning guy decided to stay in Canada and uh, and not come down here, to be honest with you. But um, I, pr- I appreciate you um, calling out Bash a, little, a while ago. You know, I've been sitting there listening for a few weeks, you know, absorbing all the excitement and the breaking news, doing a little deer hunting and things of that nature. And 90% of your callers, Paul, your current callers, I mean, I just hate to be blunt, but they suck. I mean, <laughs> they're just well, all I, I would out. appreciate, uh, in deference to my well-being and future, that you not be as blunt <laughs> in the future. Well, they, I mean, they have to go through like six or eight shout outs and then they have to, I mean, I'm serious. I feel like we're down at the, uh, at the local PTA. And then you've got some that call in and they have to go through everybody's call and how their, their heart, their, their, you know, they shed tears during their call and things of that nature. And, and thank thank somebody for mentioning. Do you, their do you name. think Squirrel that at the beginning of the and I'm I, listen I, I'm very I feel very strongly about faith and religion and uh, but do you think we just ought to have the prayer line at the beginning of the show and get it out of the way? We'll talk about the re- religious zealot later. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but I no but idea I mean, what you're talking about they're, there. They're reading calls. I mean they 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 transcribe their calls and they read them. I mean, it's just got bizarre. They're asking to be put on your theme songs. I mean, your your fans, your your callers have gotten carried away, man. And and somebody needs to just check them. That's the that's and, what happens uh, with success, Coral. <laughs> well, they think they're successful, and that's that's what's sad. But I'm I'm serious. I mean, it's just gotten to a low here lately, and I just felt like I needed to step up and say something. Yeah. And. Um, Another reason I've been calling in much lately, you know, when you and I call in and, and have a little banner back and forth, it seems like, you know, your number one leg humper and your your relationship suffers during that time. So well, we had a we had a we had a bad spill yesterday and I, I was a little <laughs> bit uptight because Alabama had been crushed in the in the portal and he was all and he was going and I, I, I made a mistake, Squirrel, if I could tell you, if if you don't mind. Uh, I pushed back on him because he called the players stupid 
who decided to leave Alabama for Georgia. And, 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 and we, we, I wish we could, I wish we could make up. The, the guy whose only documentation of being an athlete is uh, a 10 year old YMCA boys club <laughs> basketball championship calls a, a college athlete stupid. Yeah. That's especially one uh, that uh, was probably the best player on the team last year as a freshman. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you you talking about branch? Yeah, I mean it's just, but but anyway, uh, if you could, uh, I've asked, uh, well, well, I, I asked Iman to intercede, but I forgot that he and Jim are no longer well, talking. One, one, one last one last thing: your leg humper was also the one who wanted to rush all eleven at the quarterback. Remember? Oh, I do remember that. Yeah, he wanted to rush the whole defense. Just just bring the whole defense. You know, put the whole pressure on the quarterback. Well, he played. Hey, uh, Squirrel, he played ball. Yeah, but that was in the 60s. And like I said, techniques have changed since then. Thanks for taking my call. Aloha. Thank you very much. Um, we'll take a break. We have uh, – we might not have as much time as we thought we had. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Paul Feinbaum Show podcast. With everyone fighting for attention, how can your business stand out and connect with customers? Easy. Get Constant Contact. Constant Contact's award-winning marketing platform has helped millions of small businesses stand out, stay top of mind, and see big results. Fast. Constant Contact makes it easy to promote your business with powerful tools like email and SMS marketing, social media posting, and even events management. With Constant Contact, you'll reach new audiences, grow your customer list, and communicate more effectively to sell more, raise more, and fast-track growth. Don't know much about marketing? No sweat. Constant Contact's writing assistance tools and automation features help you say the right thing at the right time, every time. Plus, you can send with confidence, knowing your emails are actually reaching your customers thanks to Constant Contact's best-in-class 97% deliverability rate. Tackle any challenge with Constant Contact's expert live customer support. Plus, everything's backed by their 30-day money-back guarantee. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Just go to ConstantContact.com right now. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any 8-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number 8, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature 8-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number 8, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Hey, we're back, and Stacy is up next. Uh, what's up, Stacy? Mr. Feinbaum, what's up, my brother? Yes, sir. I would like to go back and, and recount a statement that I made. Uh, I was warning Lane Kiffin instead of the board, but let me go back and recount and make and make this statement. I made a mistake, and I am very excited and happy about the hire. I think he's the right man for the job, and uh, and I'm excited to see what the season is going to bring. But let me say this. He doesn't have to go in. He doesn't have to try to reestablish or establish that A. It's already there. All he has to do is continue to win, win, win. And that will draw a lot of recruits, 
to him, to that program. That's all he has to do is go in and win. And I believe strongly that he's going to do just that. Give him a chance. Give him a chance. Trust. Don't trust in him because, like you said, you're strong in your faith. I am too. I trust in Jesus Christ. But we have to give him a chance. And he will. He will. He will deliver. He will deliver. Thanks, Stacy. Appreciate it. Forrest is up next. Hello, Forrest. How you doing today, Mr. Paul? We're doing great. Thank you for asking. Hey, look, now, I'm from Evolve, Missouri up here. I'm sure no one's really heard of it. Been an oven cleaner for the last 26 years. And look, I want to say this. I think my Tigers kind of shook the world this year a little bit, took everybody by surprise. And, you know, I look to next year, and I don't like to use the word weak, but I think our schedule looks very, you know, easy, I could say. And with Alabama going downhill, I mean, I think the Tigers could go 12-0 and next year. Forrest, I looked at that schedule earlier, and uh, I think you're right. I mean, the toughest game of the year is probably at Alabama, but uh, we don't know what Alabama is going to look like. And beyond that, you don't have any of the really – you don't have LSU. You don't have Georgia. You don't have Texas. So you have Oklahoma at home. Uh, I, I could not agree more. That is one of the, uh, the best schedules I have ever seen. Absolutely, Paul. I can't wait. And I'll tell you what, the world better get ready for these Tigers because i tell you what, we're coming. And, uh, yeah, I, you know, I, I, think Missouri will be pre, I think Missouri will be preseason top 10. I, I think that, that schedule will back that up. Thank you very, very much. Frank is in North Carolina. Frank, you're on the air. Afternoon, Paul. Hi there. Hey, just uh, wanted to share an observation. I'm a huge Alabama fan, have been for over 50 years. And uh, we couldn't have done much uh, better than uh, Coach DeBoer. But uh, I'm looking at this coaching tree he's assembling, and he's getting the band back together. And all I see is Indiana football. He's got quite a few people that were on that staff at Indiana. You're right. And uh, we'll give him a couple years for sure. But it's going to take a couple years. A lot of people don't understand that. Well, Frank, I think anybody making predictions right now is simply just throwing things up against the wall. Yeah, pretty much. All right, man. Appreciate it. Yeah, I mean, one thing you don't know, you don't know who's going to, who else is going to leave. You don't know how many players from Washington will come over. And that's the only other school that, that is, well, there are a couple other schools that are active right now because of the coaching situation. And it has to settle down. I mean, we are still in the embryonic stages of the Boers tenure and uh, yesterday was rough but uh, you're, you're going to he's, he's got to have to make up for some of the losses because uh, he has suffered some big losses Dwayne is up next in Louisiana that ain't no real tiger in Missouri man Paul if I'm going to tell that man that ain't no real tiger up there that more like a hyena <laughs> that ain't no Mike the Tiger Hey, Missouri don't have no livestock, no, no livestock up there. Huh? Yeah, I'm, do, I'm just listening. I didn't realize I had to participate in this in this uh, call. Yeah, you do. You think that's a real thing? Missouri got a real tiger? Yeah. Like well, I, 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 they don't have a real tiger, but they got a, they got a, they got a uh, really good football team. That's what they have. They got a mutt. Right now, you could, you could legitimately see LSU, you could see LSU and Missouri playing for the SEC championship. And they got a mud up there. Probably won't happen, they but got, I just they got, thought I'd say that to upset you. 
Yeah, yeah, you ain't gonna see Missouri doing nothing this year. They going down just like Alabama going down. Yeah, you look at that schedule. That weak schedule they got, but they gonna lose by four by four games. They gonna lose on that schedule. They got four four teams gonna beat them on that schedule. You up there talking about they got a real nice schedule? Yeah, they gonna lose four games. I want to hear that talk about Missouri. Their history. That hit. It's just like Tennessee. That one hit wonder. I told you that last time about Tennessee. Josh Hopper, one hit wonder. You know that. That's how that is up there. Well, you tell the fans that. Tell them people that the real I'm telling truth, anybody Paul. that. Yeah, tell them about that one hit wonder. That's how that is in, in Missouri. A one hit wonder. Yeah, hey, that, 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 that one hit wonder beats you guys by about 30 points at home they last beat year. They beat Missouri. They beat, beat you. Missouri. They, beat, they beat you the year before in Tiger Stadium. Hey. Beat we you beat like a, we beat a a rented nah. mule. Yeah, that one. Hey, hey, we gonna Tennessee. Hey, we gonna well, I'm talking about Tennessee world. now. You remember when Tennessee came into Tiger Stadium a year ago? Man, that's history. Hey, I, you won't go back that far. Talk about when we beat Georgia, forty something, the forty something to ten. Yeah. yeah. I, when you won't go back that far? Hey, Dwayne, that. you're going. When you're going back. Georgia. You're going back into your pre, pre your pre nursery school days, there, man. Yeah, all right. Yeah, right. No, I'm going back to Joe Barrow. I'm okay. going back to Joe Barrow days at LSU. That's we five years ago. To 10. That's yesterday. All right, then. Yeah, talking about Missouri. Hey, tell that man from Missouri that's old with down there, like Tennessee. That, that, that where you come from, huh? you want to get back. Hey, on one of your TV things, you come in the coffin. You want to jump back in that coffin, Paul Feinbaum. You want to get right back in that coffin. <laughs> you know what? I may be getting in that coffin pretty soon. The way things are going. Yeah, buddy. Bye, buddy. Yeah, the hyena. Bye. Thank you, Dwayne. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Paul Feinbaum Show podcast.